Hello and welcome. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Shocking, isn't it? I develop leaders and sales professionals all across the globe. I help them to tap into and achieve their true potential every day. I'm a business writer, speaker, and now host for this podcast, Shock Your Potential. Come on and join me. Let's learn and laugh together. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential, my little business podcast that keeps growing and going just like the little engine that could, where I focus on excellence in leadership, sales, and the customer experience. The last few weeks, I've been also adding a series called my Job Seekers series. And this has become something that is growing its own life. It's been a fabulous part of my journey listening and talking to people who are at various stages of either the job seeking process, people that hire, people that help people get that next job. And it's coming together in something that I think really unites us all as human beings. And that is, we want to find a place. We want to feel like we're making a difference in this world. And obviously, we all have bills to pay. I have an amazing guest joining me today. And not just because I know him and I value him as a person and a professional, but because I know that a lot of his message will be things that really resound in people's minds and really help kind of sit in their soul of uh, not only how to look at your life and see the greatness of it, but also how to be realistic when you need to make a change in your career. So I'd like to welcome to the podcast, my friend, Russ Hearn. Russ, thank you for joining me today. Hi, Michael. How are you? I am wonderful, and I'm so excited to have you on, not only because I know you and adore you, but because it's also fun to have somebody who I believe has listened to every single one of my podcasts <laughs> and helped me to edit myself as we go through. <laughs> well, your podcasts are, are really great. And in the colder months, when I was, uh, I would take it to the, uh, the gym, and while I'm on the elliptical, I would listen to it. And, uh, you know, kind of a funny thing... Um, because time is short, right? And you try to pack everything in. I listen to you at one and a quarter speed. Oh. Have you ever tried that before? <laughs> no. Do I sound like a chipmunk? <laughs> well, no, because it changes the pitch. You know, it's, um, it just makes it a little faster so you can get through it quicker. You can actually go to, you know, all the way up to two times, which oh is my gosh. definitely too fast. But it'll change the pitch for you when you do that. But uh, I got quite used to hearing you that way. And it's like, today, you are talking so slow. I was going to say, then you're not getting the benefit of my radio voice. That's right. <laughs> you know, I've had some other people tell me that they do that. And I think that's great because I try to keep these at 30 minutes. But usually my conversations are so great with people that we're going 40 because we're having mm -hmm. so much fun. Yeah, it is fun. Excellent. Well, Russ, I know that, you know, I wanted to have you on the Job Seekers series of this because you are at a pivotal point in your career. And so I'd like to have you introduce yourself to the audience. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about your career to this point. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, my name's Russ Hearn. And uh, for the last, I can't tell you how many years, I've been in the business of the uh, medical device direct-to-consumer. And, uh, you, you know, you would think it's like a one-trick pony, you know, that's all you know, Russ, is, is that particular industry. Well, I'm no longer in that, and, no, and I can't really go back into it because I founded my own company. Uh, my wife and I grew that company. 
um, to uh, a pretty good size and then joined with some uh, associates that were in the same business and we rolled our companies up and into one large company and we grew that company. And as uh, it matured and we got to a certain point where it was time to bring in uh, a venture partner, we did, and then finally began our exit. Uh, I'm a firm believer in the e-myth, you go into business to get out of business. And so this was a plan that we planned out over a number of years and it came to fruition. Um, so when we, when we made that decision to uh, sell our equity stake, uh, most of our partners exited at that point or soon after. Uh, and I was asked to stay on and lead my team. And I did that for uh, four or five years. It was great. And that project came to an end. And uh, now uh, is the time for me to start thinking about what I want to do in this next chapter, in this journey, in this professional journey. I think that that's so important. Now, first of all, just to, you know, just to take a moment and recognize that when you've built something like what you built and you spent the time and the energy, and I can only assume, you can tell me if I'm wrong, I can only assume there were times when you didn't know whether, you know, how, how do you, as you're building things, you know, you've got to pay your employees. There's probably a lot of years you didn't pay yourself. But the dedication where it where you're focused on building something, growing something, but knowing at some point in time you're going to sell that. So it's like raising a child that you know it's going to go out into the world on their own. You know, what what was that emotional journey for you? And how did that transition into your emotional journey of saying, okay, now it's done, I've grown it, I've sold it, it's moved on, I've taken my time. You know, what's the process of letting go of that that element of your professional career that was so it, it, I mean, it was lengthy and it was, it consumed you. So, you know, how's that transition been? So, you know, it isn't the business. Um, that was a very logical step-by-step -step process. And we knew we were going to let go of that. It wasn't the business. It was the people mm. that I had, you know, uh, built relationships. These are the people that made me successful. Those are the folks that, worked side by side with me, willing to take bullets for me and f me for them. And uh, so when the time came that we uh, exited as equity partner in the company and became an employee was a decision that my wife and I made that we would stick around and we would stick around to help the transition for the people that put me there. And it was a great decision. It was the best one I could make. And I did that. And as a result, I didn't lose anyone. Everyone stuck in, everyone stayed. And you know, it's been a year since I've made my complete exit and they have not budged. They're still in place. They need that job and they love that job that, that was created for them. So I was just really happy to be able to make sure that they were ready. And when where they were ready, that was really when I was ready to make my exit. I knew that they were going to be in good hands and I knew that they were ready to go. I think that's, that's beautiful on so many levels. And what's, what's interesting to me is last night I was, um, I had this incredible opportunity. Yesterday I actually went to a LinkedIn global meetup 
in New Jersey. And there were like 1,200, 1,300 people at this. So I got a chance to talk with a number of different professionals. And I was speaking with this one woman who spent her entire career in one industry and her position has been eliminated. She knew it was going to be eliminated, but it was interesting because she's, she said, you know, at first I thought, what am I going to do? This is my identity. What if I can't get another job in this industry? And she said, then I just started looking at it and said, well, why do I worry about whether or not I get a job in this industry? I know that my skills are transferable in a number of different areas. But I think she and you are unusual in that. There's a lot of people who spend, uh, whether it's five years, 10 years, or 30 years in one field or one specific genre of a professional career that they feel like, oh my gosh, there's a death when that's gone. And how am I going to define myself? And I, I think that you've found you found that place a little bit from our conversations, but talk about that because it, it really be- begs the question of, you know, what's your next job? What's your ideal, you know, next move for you? And how do you transition that knowing you're not going to stay in the same industry that you've been in? You know, when I first started this, I wanted to take some time for myself, if I could back up. I did want to enjoy, I, I was able to do it, so I did. And I've made some trips, we did some traveling, we've been up to New England and spent a lot of time with there, I've got family in the Vermont, New Hampshire area, been down to Florida a few times. You have a few new baby, new grandbabies in your life? <laughs> That's right. Three and one on the way in uh, <laughs> September. So yeah, we're doing a lot of that. Um, we, I have family in Ohio, spent a lot of time there, down in Florida. Uh, on my bucket list was to go to Jazz Fest for the third time. <laughs> down in New Orleans, we did that. Awesome. Um, I have to tell you that my, my yard is the most beautiful yard in the neighborhood <laughs> because I had the time to spend to do that. And uh, uh, I wanted to also give back a little bit. So I, I volunteer. I am a volunteer for the SCORE mentor program, which every year, you know, SCORE volunteers helps thousands of entrepreneurs start small businesses and achieve levels of success that they didn't know they could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm having fun with that. And I even volunteer at a, uh, an environmental education center uh, for the state of Pennsylvania, or Jennings, and uh, manual labor. I go over there and, and swing hammers and and clean up and chop wood and things like that. So I wanted to give back, and that was for me. But what really did it to get give me the kick to say, okay, Russ, it's enough of that. <laughs> now it's time to do something else. <laughs> right. Well, what happened was I was alone. My wife was still working. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, I became, she called me my house husband. <laughs> and uh, I made sure there was a, a, there was a, a, a meal on the table when she would get home and take care of all of the things that normally a spouse at home would take care of. But then she also uh, ended her project and came home. And, uh, you know, Michael, she married me for better or for worse, <laughs> but not for lunch. So, <laughs> so, you know, I had to get a little serious. But during this process, I've been planning. I know that I needed to have a strategy and a plan. I needed to stick with it. So I had to do my homework and make some discoveries. And some of the things that I discovered, and some of it may shock you, is oh. that <laughs> job boards. Shocking. Right. How many, <laughs> yes. how many folks uh, that are listening to your podcast right now have uh, signed up for any number of uh, job postings? 
Yes, quite a few, I bet. LinkedIn, uh, Monster, you name it. Yep. The truth, the truth is, my research found out that only on a good day, 13% of jobs are granted through that method. Wow. That the, the vast majority of it comes from networking, who you know, how do you connect. So I knew I needed a plan, a strategy in which I had to build my network and I had to know how to communicate with these folks. So I tell folks, if you can do this, get yourself some help, get a coach, uh, someone who knows uh, what to do when it comes to researching the different industries. And uh, one of the things we did discover was that, yes, what I did, even though it was in one industry, is very very transferable. You know, I have been involved in mergers and acquisitions, integrations of companies, developing business. Yep. I've been a board member, a chief, chief operations officer. I've been a CEO. So these things are very transferable. It's the language of business that, that I knew, that I learned, and that is transferable. Another thing I discovered is that value, uh, your value does not decrease based on someone's inability to see your work. Ah, very good. <laughs> so you, you, you've got to find a way <laughs> to make sure that they're able to see your work. And, uh, and, and don't worry about a no. I mean, rejections, you're going to have lots of rejection. You have mostly rejection. But they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting the moment. At the moment, they, you know, a company may not have a position that you're suitable for. So you never want to give up and never go back to that company because things change all the time. And the more familiar you are with leadership in a company uh, and, and what that company stands for and what their you know, uh, growth strategy is uh, the next time around, you, you know, just might, might do the truth. Well, and it's important too, like to your point about the job boards and the number of positions that are actually filled from those, you know, there's one whole other layer of that, and that is the use of HRISs, so human resource information systems, and whether or not, you know, that is being used in a process and filters out, you know, your resume based on keywords. There's a number of factors that are at play. And so many people in their job search think that, okay, if I apply for 10 jobs a day, because I hit send, 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 or apply, 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 that that just the volume is going to get them the opportunity. And yet that's not the case anymore. You know, there's, there's too many people looking for those jobs and the search criteria is really designed to make sure to weed down the masses who are hitting apply, 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 to find the ones whose resumes actually do align with this is exactly what we're looking for. These are the words we would see in, in history, uh, you know, in a work history. These are the job titles we'd be looking for. So it's the, it's to your point, the research that you have to do in order to get that better chance. It's, it's substantial. It's not an easy process and it often can be a lonely and it does involve a lot of feelings of rejection. <laughs> well, if you let rejection stop exactly. you and you exactly. should have. Because they're not, it's not personal. Exactly. But it, I know that it feels that way. I don't, you know, from various times that I've been in job searches and, you know, you might say, hey, it's their loss, but you're like, oh God, not another one. <laughs> not another one. Getting yourself prepared is, has a lot to do with being able to handle that rejection. Because you know that if you've done everything right. I agree. And you've clicked all the boxes and you know that 
you followed your plan, your strategy, then you might as well uh, say, okay, I understand, and move on to the next one. So Exactly. So with that all being said, and, you know, because we've talked a couple times about, you know, your emotional journey through this. So, you know, now you've had your time. <laughs> you don't want your wife to kill you. And I understand that. My father, my father, uh, he retired, quote unquote, three times. But I'll never forget because uh, I was the only one of my siblings at home uh, when he retired the first time. And I remember one day they didn't, my parents didn't know I was there or, you know, they thought I was downstairs or something. And I, I heard my mother in the kitchen say to my father, if you don't go get something to do so that you're not following me around every day, I am going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, he went and found something to do. <laughs> She's like, well, all you do, I turn around, you're right there. <laughs> but Well, in, in preparation for this, some of the things that folks need to do when you talk about keywords, and, and by all means, you should sign up for all the job posts. Why? not absolutely right but, but it, it is about your 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 other uh, networking but uh, and i'll get to that in a moment but come up with your keywords i came up with 85 so uh you know there's a lot of them out there and and maybe i didn't use them all but i used most of them and the other thing that i did right i thought was really really great was and are you familiar with soar no so uh so and, and the acronym in this case it stands for a lot of different things because like flying high, right? Right. So everybody uses it. In in this case, the um, uh, the SOAR stands for situation opportunity is the first one, and then the next one is the action, and then finally the result. Results. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So it's situation opportunity, action, and result. I actually went through and I said, you know, I needed to have some of these things, you know, written down for myself because this is what you are offering to a specific employer. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, and that is, what can you do for me? You know, putting a, putting a beautiful resume up there and then hoping, you know, that someone says, that's who I want. Um, well, hope, you know what hope is. It's not a very good <laughs> strategy. Exactly. Right? So uh, I wrote these things down. I came up with like 20 little vignettes, 20 little stories. So I, I would name the story so I would have a title and then uh, go on to the situation, which gave us the opportunity. And let me give you an example. We needed at one time or another continuing education was a real problem in our in our industry because we had clinicians that that needed this on a yearly basis and we had to provide it so that was the situation the opportunity was you know let's see if we can streamline that process and make it easier for them to obtain that so um, the action was that i developed an online process for these clinicians to log in at you know, they, they schedule themselves to log in, take the course, get the units. So the result was we no longer really had a problem waiting till the end to renew. You know, in, in, in the case of licensing, you know, it had to be done by a certain date. Well, you could do this every month. You could do it every week if you wanted to and keep up with it. So that, so that gives you an example of 
uh, situation, opportunity, action, result. So I, you know, I, I tell your, your your listeners, you'll be surprised how many I came up with. I think it was fifteen, actually, little vignettes of things that I did that solved problems and got results. And I mean, bottom line results too, because there was money. We saved money on this because we didn't have to travel. Right. So when you're talking to a prospective employer. When you have these things written down and they're fresh in your mind and they ask you a question, what you want to think about is what's an, what's, what do they, what problem would they might have that you could tell this story and show them that you have solved it and that the results were bottom line driven. And I, I would tell you that's, that was probably a big eye opener for me is I had so many stories that were very positive that I had forgotten about, you know, so that's, you know, talking about the preparation. And the other thing that I prepared is a series of letters and these letters are all pre-written so that, so that when I get a response, uh, I can, uh, I already have them written. I just make some changes to them and send them out so that I'm not sitting there trying to reinvent that wheel every time. There's one for recruiters. There's one for uh, uh, in the news. And, and that's another thing is I, I go through the news all the time, new businesses, you know, private, uh, private equity money that uh, got placed or venture capital money that got placed, uh, startup companies, for example, Duolingo, which is uh, based here in Pittsburgh, uh, has an app that, you know, basically has put every other uh, language learning uh, system out of business, and they have. Yep, they have, I have it. Yeah. It's very easy to use. Yeah, so you know, uh, there happens to be here in Pittsburgh uh, a really high tech, and I'm from Pittsburgh, Western Pennsylvania, and it's a high tech uh, world. We have Google and Amazon and uh, Carnegie Mellon University, and actually, is one of the professors at Carnegie Mellon University uh, invented this, and um, so I learned about it, and. Um, was able to make connections in his company based on this article that I read about. And, and one of the things that still got stood out uh, was uh, he was quoted I've been talking about his workplace, talking about connecting with the people that he works with. And you know me uh, as a leader, as a, as a leader. And if you're not connecting with your people, if you don't know what drives them, if you don't know what motivates them personally, then you better find out, <laughs> yeah, right? Otherwise you're going you're gonna to miss the boat. That's right. So what he said was, uh, and, and you've heard about people uh, having the right seat on the bus and, and that sort of thing, right? Absolutely. So, so here, here's his quote, and, uh, and, and, and I know that you're going to edit this, so you can bleep it if you want to. <laughs> better to have an empty seat than an asshole in the seat. <laughs> We're leaving that in. <laughs> So, yeah, that guy's name is, his name is Louis Von Ahn, and uh, he's, you know, brilliant guy. And um, uh, so now I follow him on LinkedIn. So let me, let me interrupt you though for a minute, because you've, you've given three major big uh, pieces of information, and I don't want them to go by without us highlighting them. So I'll go back just a minute to SOAR, because as you're talking about SOAR, it's, that is so much a, a stronger way to look at some of the things, the advice that I give to people, and that is make sure you have your sound bites, make sure you have examples that are specific, you know, because if somebody, if I say, tell me a time when you 
manage to, you know, beat a deadline and, you know, tell me a time, you know, if people say, oh, well, I would do this and I would do that and I would do, I'm like, that's not what I'm looking for. I want, I want specific examples where you face this issue, what you did about it and what the outcome was, whether or not you were successful or not. Because, you know, the way I always interviewed people and thought about people on my team is that if you're confident enough to tell me when you tried something and it failed, but you know what the lesson is that you learned from it. I, I like that. I want to know. I don't want somebody to just, you know, give me all the good stuff because none of us are perfect that way. But I love the way you put this into having as many of these situational specific examples where you're looking at then, you know, what is the opportunity for the business with that? What's the action you took? What's the result? And to have, you know, once you have a once you have a number of those in your, you know, your bag. You can pull them out at, at any time. And what I always try and tell people is always think about whatever that person is asking you. That doesn't necessarily have to be the question you answer. Because if you if they ask you one question, but you know you have one example that's really, just really strong, and it's pretty well close to what they're asking for, then go ahead and lead with it. You know, give something that if you know, somebody says, tell me about a time, you know, you, you're up against a deadline and, you know, it was, you know, the, the bottom of the ninth and, you know, and, you know, what are you going to do? If you have something else that says, well, you know, I don't know about that example, but I do know when we were facing the largest increase in our, in our financial education and, you know, and I had to tackle it because if I didn't, I wasn't going to have a job. Well, that's, that's the example. Then give it to me and give me those outcomes. So I think that sore principle that you're talking about. That's so important. If every single person in their job search had eight to 10 to 12 of those that you could say, these are my clear, concise examples, you've got a lot of meat for that interview. And it's not wishy-washy and it's not saying I'm a people person. I hate it when people tell me they're a people person. It's about here's what you've done for me lately, if, even if it was your other company. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and they really do. That's what they really want to know is what can you do for me and be specific? Exactly. So, you know, when, when I make a contact and I'm talking about, I'm not waiting for a job posting. I'm reading that a company is getting more venture money and they're expanding or they're moving into they're large, right. They're moving into yeah. larger. I'm writing uh, to them and I am specifically mentioning that I see that you are expanding and that your operations are going, you're growing. Um, I have experience in helping companies who have to integrate perhaps another company in, or I have uh, uh, leadership skills that can assist you to reach the levels that you've you know, laid out in your article. I'm very specific about that because if you don't tell them what it is that they need, they're not going to look and ask you, well, what, you know, what can you do Absolutely. or get or guess, you know, or get it out of a, of a resume. Right. Because a resume is only one you know, very flat piece of information that has bullet points that doesn't tell really all your skill base because you can't put it all in there. And I think that's fabulous. So that was your third point is, you know, do your research and take chances to be proactive, not reactive that says, here's a, a you know, a job placement, I'm going to hit apply proactive is, and that's why really, if you're in a full-time job search, it should be a full-time job. <laughs> you know, it should take your 40 plus hours a week because you should be being able to put the time and effort. But I also don't want to miss the, the second point you made that was really about personalization. And, that, you know, you said, I've got a number of letters ready to go, whether it's to a recruiter or a person and that I don't have to, to recreate the wheel. 
And I think a lot of people have that, especially with cover letters, but they don't think about how important that first piece of written correspondence is. Even in an email, you know, it's th- those things tell me as a, as a hiring manager about your, your um, ability to communicate, <laughs> your ability to, to, to recognize what my needs are, to try and, you know, point them out in terms of how that matches with you. It takes extra effort to have that personalization, especially if you've done it all before. That's also what holds you out against the competition. Mm-hmm. I think it does. Just a couple of days ago, I got a, I saw a press release. Uh, someone was promoted uh, from uh, area vice president up to uh, president and general manager of a company that I'm familiar with that I have a contact in. So that connection. So I connected with that person, congratulating them on their promotion and pointing out that as you build your team, you may be looking for the skills that I have. Uh-huh. And so I pointed these out in a, in a personalized letter, and now I'll follow up with a phone call. And so, you know, in my phone call, while I don't use scripts, I definitely say some of the same things over and over again, you know, making sure that um, in a phone call I'm precise about why I'm calling. And- well, and that's important because if you have your bullet points already out, like you said, you have your almost like having a war book with your sore examples. You know, if you have something you can glance at when you're having that phone call, that reminds you, here's my top five areas of expertise. Weave them through that conversation because it's a sales pitch. Mm-hmm. Applying yeah. for a job is a sales pitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and nobody can sell it better than you. And don't expect someone to do that. Nobody will. No, no recruiter will. No, you know, no one else will sell you as well as you sell yourself. Let me, let me tell you something about recruiters. And if there's any recruiters, uh, you know, that listen to your podcast, forgive me now. But your job, you know, your job is to say no most of the time. Yes, your correct. Job, you get, they get literally thousands every day. And their job is to call the ones that they think aren't going to fit and, and, and then go with the most obvious. Well, you could be missed for many number of reasons. So, you know, that's what you've got to know is recruiters are not really your friend. They work for the company and they are, their job is to get thousands down to four or five. Absolutely. without a doubt well so you know i'm really pleased that you shared these things russ because it's it's really a testament to not only your background but you know i know and i hope you don't mind me sharing this if so then you can tell me later i'll edit it out but (laughs) you know when you first you know made the transition and you were thinking about what you wanted to do there were a lot of times that you didn't sell yourself the best way because you were afraid that because of the wealth of your resume, that people might think you were overqualified for things. So it's a big you know, difference to have almost a fear of that and then move to the embracing all those things, which I'm so glad you have because you, you bring so much to the table. But how did you make, mentally make that transition to, <laughs> I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to scare anybody off to, oh, my God, look at all the things I could do. And I'm going to make sure everybody knows all the, all the things I can do. How did you make that transition? Well, it was easy. The other way wasn't working. Uh, <laughs> so the other way wasn't working. I couldn't get a call. I couldn't get a phone. You know, I'm just looking. Hey, I just want a job, just something to keep me busy. You know, I, I can do anything, right? And it's very, you know, other than, uh, you know, brain surgery. Uh, I, 
There's a lot of things I can do. <laughs> Please don't do so, brain surgery. <laughs> I, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I think you have a daughter that does that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, I decided I, I got I to get out there and, and talk to my strengths. And that's what I did. And as a result, I'm getting a lot more hits. And uh, it's very fulfilling and a lot of respect. So I tell you, you know, don't hold back. Um, if you've had a long career that uh, you've had a lot of successes in, you can continue to do that. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, I'm, I, to keep in practice, you also got to keep in practice. And I think that's partly what I do with the Small Business Administration as a uh, entrepreneur's uh, mentor. I mm -hmm. do that. But I also, you know, you know, I, I have some like hobbies and some passions, right? As you know, I make my own pickles. Yes, and I, I make, know. yep, 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 and I make my own sausages, and uh, and for a long time I made my own beer, and so you know I've got this uh, outbuilding, I've got a barn that actually has a full kitchen in it, and so I'm out there making beer and doing things like that. But what's happened is around here we only had one good beer place that was craft beer, and I'm a craft beer enthusiast, so yes. Lo and behold, they started opening up all over. And I'm sure anyone who's listening, your listeners will know, that, you know there's more and more of these craft beer places. And what did we do without them before? You know, we had to drink Miller Lite and stuff like that. Oh, good God, no. Well, there is one within two miles of my house, right? So uh, uh, I am their unofficial um, director of quality control, which requires me to stop on a you know regular basis and make sure that their quality <laughs> is up and running. But what I, what I also, we found out that there are actually eight of them in our county, a little county of 275,000 people. We've got eight brew pubs now. And so um, uh, my uh, buddy and I, my Mark, uh, he's retired um, and uh, we have time on our hands. And so we decided that what we wanted to do was visit all eight of them. And we did in one day. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, boy. I, uh, I got my buddy Sean Sligle to drive my uh, Yukon Denali and uh, drove uh, uh, the seven, seven people. And we started at one and went to all eight of them. It actually was over 100 miles. It took us from 11 o'clock in the morning. Actually, we left at 1030. Oh boy. And it took us until about 8 o'clock at night. Uh, but the whole idea is I am promoting what I am passionate about. Yes. And what that is, is creating more beer enthusiasts. If there were not people that loved beer like I love beer, like craft beer, if there weren't enough people, there wouldn't be very many brew pubs, would there? So my, no. my unofficial job is I help to promote that. As a matter of fact, Mark and I are going to be presenting a, um, uh, a course in, uh, in beer making and beer drinking. Uh, <laughs> at Slippery Rock University later this year. And uh, it's a non-credit course. Uh, and of course we, we, we call it the, the actual name for our trip around Butler County was the Butler County Beer Run. Oh, so uh, that's gonna be the subject. So I'm just trying to create more of those. And then we're going, once we got that perfected at the, at the university, then we're going to offer it to the Chamber of Commerce and other places. Too. I just want so. to know why I was not invited <laughs> to be in this bus. <laughs> oh, and here's a here's a Michael. Okay, here's a Michael story because you guys all love Michael too. She, she, we're we're like uh, texting back and forth 
about something. And you go, well, what, well, what are you doing? And I said, well, and, and I said, I'm making sausage in the barn. And I sure were like 150 pounds of sausage, yes, Italian yes. sausage. It's, still, it's delicious. And she goes, pickles, beer, <laughs> you make sausage. And you said, Russ, you are a real renaissance man. I did. So you did. And so I said, Mary Beth, look at this text. She called me a renaissance man. And Mary looked at me and I looked at her and I go, I think I know what it is, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I said, we have to look it up. It was not an insult. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually had to look it up just to make sure that you hadn't uh, said something. Uh, <laughs> I love it. And just so you know, I thought I ran out of yeah. the, the Hearn's pickles and we have one more jar in the back of the fridge. So we were so excited. <laughs> well, <laughs> throw those out. There's fresh ones coming. They're not that good when they're, they've been in the fridge that long. So. Oh no! They hadn't. It hadn't even been. The seal hadn't even been broken. We opened it a, about a week ago. Well, <laughs> so it's all they're, good. They're they're kind of mushy. Wait till you get the crisp ones. They'll be they'll be ready here in, in about a month. <laughs> I think we need to discuss a whole line of pickles. Okay. So, as we get near the end here, Russ, and I know you've shared a lot of things that you've learned, but you know, at any point in time in your life, if you could go back and uh, give yourself a little advice to the younger uh, Russ, that would shock your potential faster or farther. Mm. And what? What, where would you go back in time and what would you tell Russ? Ooh, I probably would go back to the very beginning when I wanted to go into business. And while I did not listen to the naysayers, I took it personally. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so you know, like I said, your value does not decrease based on someone's inability to see your worth. And so don't let the naysayers bother you. Uh, uh, just know what you can do, believe in yourself, and surround yourself with people who support you and who love you and who wish for your uh, success. And then, you know, success will come. And no matter what it is you're trying to do, include, you know, find a new, a new project yeah. like I am. Yeah. Or start a podcast. My husband said, what? <laughs> <laughs> I love your podcast. Keep it up. I'm very, very proud of you. I'm so, so glad. I, and I tell people about it all the time. You got to listen to this. This is in, and each one is so unique. I feel like I know these people when I finish and I haven't, you know, I should probably try to connect with them because it's like, I know that person on a I first name basis. Yeah. And, you know, that's really my hope is a lot. In fact, it was funny after I, um, well, the first job seekers one that I did with Paula Cosgrove, she told me afterwards, she goes, I, and hers just blew up. I mean, I can't believe, can't tell you um, about the downloads. They were so crazy. But she said, I just, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't believe how many people connected with me and said, you know, everything from thank you. And I feel the same way to, Hey, we don't have anything for you right now, but you know, you sound great. Let's, you know, I want to keep in touch. And, you know, I think that's the power of connection today that, you know, we didn't have when I was starting my career at all. It's something phenomenal that we, ha we can capitalize on if we do it right, which is like I told you, I went to the LinkedIn global meetup last night, 1300 people out of the way with some serious business connections. And it was, it was out of this world just because we were there for a common reason. And that was because we all want to connect. Mm-hmm. That's right. Russ, it has been such a pleasure. Any last words of wisdom you want to share with, uh, with the listeners? Well, you know, do what you know. Make sure that you talk about your strengths. Don't give up. Don't listen to the naysayers. And, uh, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish will happen. I have no doubt about it. I love it. 
It has been so much fun talking to you, and I know that it's going to make a difference to a number of people. So thank you so much for joining me today. You betcha. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Learn more today about my book, Tell Me More, and about me at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. Make it a great day.